0: Well, it is officially official. Scott Harris is here. Welcomed to the Detroit Tigers organization yesterday with an introductory press conference. We're going to talk about it and break it all down today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, so the Detroit Tigers, they played a game last night as well. I promise we will talk about the games that are being played. But for now, we have to follow the biggest story in the organization, and that's the acquisition of Scott Harris as the president of baseball operations for the Detroit Tigers. Yesterday's show, we talked about the hire, what it meant, broke down his resume, his past, what we can maybe expect from him going forward. Today, we're breaking down the press conference. I know that kind of sounds ridiculous, and if you think that way, that's fine. But this is a daily show. We we give you Tigers content every single day. I promise we will have time later this week. We got an off day at the end of the week as well. We will break down every single game from this Orioles series. I want to talk about it too. We got Tyler Alexander doing uh, doing great things on Monday's game, and a lot big offensive explosion in that game too. We got some stuff to talk about for sure. Uh, but for right now, we have to talk about the, the time sensitive stuff and the matters at hand, and that is scott harris's introductory press conference and he is officially here i think it went about as well as an introductory press conference could possibly go i don't think that we necessarily take anything from this and turn around and go well he said this so now he can't miss right but i also Don't think that this is like, oh, it's an introductory press conference. We're going to take absolutely nothing from this. I think we can kind of walk that line down the middle. Everybody is, is so, like, wants to be extreme one way or another. There's so many people that are like, oh, like, how could you ever think that a press conference matters? This is totally stupid and it's just smoke getting blown up everybody and it doesn't matter. Versus like, oh, my goodness, he said that player development matters. We're winning a world series in two years. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a line there that we can walk in the middle, you know, I promise it exists and that's what we're going to do today. And I think first and foremost, I want to break down the three keys to, I guess, success. I'm trying to remember the wording that, that he used exactly, but the three things that he wanted to build his tenure in Detroit off of the three biggest keys for him, going forward and those are number one was to acquire develop and retain young players that was something he was very keen on and this is great and this is something that you look at and if anybody said it you'd go this is great this is fairly obvious this is pretty status quo right like yes obviously you want to acquire and develop good talent and you want to be able to keep that talent once it reaches the major league level that's that's a totally fair point, you know. Like, oh, everybody's heard this. Fine, um, but when he broke down, kind of, and you know, it, nothing was too terribly in depth except for number three, which I love, and we're gonna spend a lot of time on. But uh, when, when talking about this first, I guess key uh, that, that he has for this organization, it's a really good place to start because at the very end of the presser, he was asked, you know what do you think about the tiger's farm system? Right. He was asked by who was it? I don't think it was Pat Caputo. It might've been stony. It was somebody at 97 one uh, asked him about the farm system was like, Hey, this farm system no longer ranks very well uh, within the the national spotlight. Most people have it in, you know, the bottom five, bottom 10. And and he was like, Hey, is this farm system really as barren as we're made to believe that it is? I think was his exact wording and uh scott harris kind of gave a smile and he was like uh you know we're gonna take a look and he was like we're i'm gonna talk to the people that are already here because they know the players better than me and 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 all that And it's gonna take some time for me to get familiar with with these guys and uh really know what i have in some of them but uh you know i don't know And, and then he ended it he said i don't think it's very smart or professional of me to tell you the San Francisco Giants opinion of the Detroit Tigers farm system and I think most people took that as like silence is golden right like uh I think we know what you're saying even though you didn't say anything because it would have been very easy to just kind of be like yeah you know I really like some of the pieces we got here and oh this is this is a lot better of a situation than people realize and it. it's one of the reasons I took this job and he was instead he was like yeah I don't know what I don't know uh but I do know the Giants opinion and I'm not telling you. I think that really speaks volumes. I think he's probably saying a little something without saying a little something, you know. I think that probably means that uh as far as rankings wise maybe the the Tigers farm system isn't that great which is not really news to us. We knew that this was a super top heavy organization uh, prospect wise. We've known that for years and we knew that it was the big five at the top in the three headed monster pitching and then torque and green. And after that, we knew that it got really shallow really quickly. Uh, So the run plus side though, and something that he did talk about and that the tigers have noticeably taken strides in is player development. So, there, there needs to be a better system of obtaining, acquiring those good level players at, at the pro level, at the minor league level, right? Obtaining talent. That needs to be considerably better, objectively. Uh, you, you look at the drafts in the Avila era, a lot of them were really rough. The last couple, I think uh, a lot of people have, have been some bigger fans of, but it's still really too early to, to tell. And uh, uh, pretty, like I said, pretty objectively, we need to get better at that. We need to get way better international signing. That's only a relatively new thing that we've started taking a look at bigger named international free agents. Look at all the best players in baseball. A hefty majority of them were international signings at one point. That, that's a that's a key part of acquiring young talent, something that the Tigers have never, in my lifetime, ever been good at. Literally ever. Nabrowski didn't give two you-know-what's about it. Uh, Avila wasn't prominent in it, again, until really like Roberto Campos uh, a few years back. And then since then, like Carlos – or Christian Santana, rather, is, is like that's – a, that's a pretty good one. I, like, at least we spent a lot of money on him. Again, they're like 18-, 19-year-old kids, so time will tell. But he mentioned that. And, and that's, again, it's all stuff that pretty blatantly needs to be changed. And then retaining young players was a big thing. and I, And I think – that that's that's super important too because you look at the creativity and i know that's a that's a word i've used a million times i don't want to just c- continue saying the same thing as like a hot button type, type of thing but it, it's it's so real it, it's it's the exact way i want to describe it there has been none in this organization you see teams that have big prospects come up and they send them to long year long term deals right away you're, you're not going to go through arbitration we want to lock you up we want to show our faith in you and you have to have a talented of enough player to make the majors to actually go through with that right you don't just, you're not just doing that with every prospect that, that they abuse for you so it, it's kind of a double-edged sword you, you need the acquiring and developing in order to do the the in order to be able to retain, retain any talent but all three of those working together is very important. And and so I really liked that point, even though I I totally understand, I can already hear it. Yes, I I understand everybody wants to do that. That's everybody's goal, I guess you would say. But I I enjoyed that it was number one on his list of things that he wanted to accomplish here. The biggest thing is number three. And we'll get into that. We're gonna get we're gonna just gonna do them in chronological order. So we'll get to two and three right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life, and that's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate, and that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers some active, the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead or be ready when the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive a prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue, chew, Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from a little extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. You can try Blue Chew for free. When you use our promo code locked On at checkout, just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month for free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information, and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring our podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Second segment of Locked on Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. I appreciate y'all. Okay, so let's get back into this presser. I still think there's a lot to dissect here. And again, that that third and final one, I'm really, really pumped to talk about. Uh, The second one was create a culture of development. Players should think that when they come to Detroit, they can continue to get better. And the other thing that he really honed in on there was everything can improve. And I love that. Never complacent. And again, a lot of hot button phrases in there, a lot of like trigger words, a, a, a lot of stuff that, that you could absolutely go through and just say, yeah, like, of course he's going to say that, duh. But I like hearing it anyway. All right. Because for the last seven years, we've had a GM that said nothing, literally nothing. He sat up there and went, well, we're, we're trying. And that was the entire presser. Every single time we saw him come out from like his cave so it's nice to see some some charisma it's nice to see someone who clearly has a plan in place and and so much so that he is able to vocalize and explain to everybody the three things that he wants to see alavila said three meaningful words in seven years this dude has a three keys to success plan day one that he wants to that he wants to stand by and make public so that we can all hold him accountable for it. It's very nice. Uh, So with that, everything can improve. I I really like that part of it because he also highlighted, he can get better at developing players. He can get better at analyzing players and, and and finding talent. Uh, The scouting department can get better. The players can obviously get better. The management can get better. It was just something that, that he was very, very big on he he really wanted to drive the point home of everything in this organization can always improve no matter how good it is there's always room for improvement and that's awesome a because there is a boatload of improvement that this team still needs to make that that's number one that that's definitely i would say the the biggest reason that i like hearing it but just the no complacency approach that's such a great and healthy mindset right You don't ever want to be okay. Like we're just a playoff team and that's kind of it. And that's okay. You And I would do insane things to even become a playoff team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but there there's a, that is a very key part in development. That's what keeps the people at top on their toes and keeps those teams at the top. Right. And certainly and get lights of fire under the teams at the bottom to be one of the teams at the top, is, is not being complacent like that. So I really like that. But the third and final thing, this is the highlight of the entire press conference to me, and it's not even particularly close. He said, The strike zone influences everything you see on the field. We want to dominate the strike zone on both sides of the ball. He said the strike zone influences disproportionately influences everything you see on the field and then he explained what he meant for everybody and said every count every strike that is thrown changes the count every count changes the situation changes the next pitch you're going to throw changes the defense behind you changes you know you have to hold the runner on base you have to do you know, double play set up. You have to shift one way or another. I know the shift's being limited, but they're still going to move around a little bit. Everything changes based on how many strikes you throw. Every single part of this game changes based on the count. And that is a fact. And he really drove the point home that every pitch matters. And within that, again, the influence on either side of the ball that it has is so disproportional to every other aspect of the game of baseball. It is the most important thing in his eyes, as he was explaining it. And that's awesome to hear because this team has, at the pitching side of things, not had very many pitchers, especially starters, that have gotten very many. Like we, that's we talk about CSW percentage all the time on this show, right? And some of you give me crap for it, and that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You don't want to be a fan that way. That's totally your, your – you have every right to do that. But that is why I love stats like that. And we look at how many times they get a swing and a miss. I mean, look at how many times they get a called strike. And we look at how many times – that, like I said, their CSW percentage and, and what percent of every pitch they throw, what the odds are that it's going to be a called strike or a swinging strike, that it's going to be a strike period because it changes everything, and it is the most important aspect of the game of baseball. And on the offensive side of the ball, we have not had a team that has consistently drawn walks in forever. It's been almost a decade. You want to talk about some of the worst teams at drawing walks over the last seven years, the Detroit Tigers are very high on that list, and especially over the last few, since bottoming it out in in 2019, certainly. This team desperately needs this mindset and needs this philosophy, I think. This is a, a, like, bingo. Nailed it. Yes. Please give me all of this you possibly can. I almost cried. I almost started bawling my eyes out in joy when he said th- this final part of it, because I was expecting more GM talk. I, I was I was stunned. I-, I literally like like in my brain, I was like, "What am I hearing right now?" Because the first two were kind of GM talk ish. It's stuff you like to hear, but again, it's stuff that that all GMs want and and a lot of GMs say. This is something unique. You don't hear general managers and managers and people in front offices getting behind a mic and talking about how important the strike zone is to their team's success. It's not common. You're not gonna find too many, too many examples of that. And that makes this awesome. Because even if you think that it's a it's a load of whatever and you think it's it's crap, and this guy's just talking out of his you know what, and This is ridiculous, and he's a nerd, and this is going to flop. Fine. But at least it's something different, dang it. The last seven years have been complacency. They have been nothing. They have been no direction. They've been no plan. They've been no philosophy. There's there's been nothing on, on the bulletin board, in the office, that they go, that's our motto, that's what we do here. This is the Detroit freaking Tigers. And now we do, even if it is as simple as the strike zone is important. No kidding. Everyone knows that. But at least it's something to hang your hat on. It's something that every single person that walks through this door is going to go, you know what? This is what we do here. This is your job. Your job, if you're a hitter, is to work counts, take pitches, go deep into counts, and explode and attack when a pitch is given to you that you can hit. And you work the count, and you set the pitcher up. You don't get carved up for seven innings off of fastballs down the middle every night. You make him work for it. You hang your hat on something. So that's fine if you don't agree with the philosophy. That's fine. You you do you. you that, that This is a very subjective thing. Everybody believes something different when it comes to to building a roster, but objectively, at least it's freaking different, and at least it's some type of identity, something this team has not had in a decade. Dang it. Self-censor there Was, was very difficult, but we prevailed. Let's get into the rest of the presser. There's still, a lot, there's still a lot I want to talk about, but I'm, I'm riled up, baby. I'm pumped. I'm amped. I'm really excited about this offseason. We got more to talk about. Talk about the rest of the presser. Uh, what else we're going to take from it. All that stuff right after this. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Third and final segment here of Lockdown Tigers. I did not expect to get, to get that passionate right there. So if that, (laughs) I I really, that was not on the agenda Uh, on my, on my prep for, for tonight and on my breakdown and, and, and for my like in show notes and stuff, get really riled up and uh, about the strike zone was not actually on there. I I knew it was my favorite part of the presser, but I don't know. I didn't, didn't, didn't expect that, that to come out of me right there, but uh, I'm glad it did, man. I, I, I I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this press conference. There's a few other things that I want to go over. Um, where do we want to start? I guess we can start with the, well, start. We're in the third and final segment. So let's talk about the resources. No, I lied. We're not going to talk about the resources. Let's talk about when he was asked on the situation, that the current roster was in people tried to really get him to give a more concrete answer. He didn't really, but he, he did have a few interesting quotes that I want to highlight first and foremost, the, when it comes to improving the roster, you know, people worried about rebuild 2.0. We talked about it in yesterday's show and, and, or are we going to kind of, we have what we have and, and we're going to try and make a better team next season. And it sounds like that is probably dur- the direction we're going to head. Uh, he said, quote, an opportunity to get better this winter. Doesn't sound like somebody that wants to enter a rebuild would say. Uh, he also said, quote, we are going to take calculated risks and adding, quote, it will pay off in the end. This dude's a competitive mf'er, And you can tell just by listening to him, which, which I also really like because I never got an ounce of that. At no point in Alavila's entire tenure, like literally not once did I ever listen to him talk and go, that dude wants to win. This dude spoke for five minutes and I was like, this is the second coming of Theo Epstein and I love him. Obviously that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? Like, like some people just have it. We talked about it with, with, Brad Holmes, when he first came over with the Lions, we talked about it. I mean, with all of these organizations, honestly. And, like, Iserman had, had you know, success elsewhere before, so he had a little bit of a resume to build off of. But, like, this is – this is – is it's just so nice to have at least, again, at least a du- clear direction and at least someone that that – you think you might have faith in one day. At the worst, <laughs> even if you don't right away, and you and you are kind of like cautiously optimistic, you don't want to get hurt again. I, I get it, I totally get it. But at, at least we have we have something. He's already again already given us more in one presser today than I ever got out of ever talking with Alavila, literally ever. So uh, I, I, you're not going to stop me from getting excited about it. And 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 taking stuff out of it. So let's get back into some of the things that I took out of it. So that was the big one, one of the big ones. Uh, I mean, we've already talked about some of them, but that was that was one of the bigger uh, things that I took from today. Yesterday, as you're listening to this, was the fact that it really sounds like he wants to improve this roster, and it also sounds like he said he plans on making a lot of moves this winter. Was reported that's nice. We, you can go back a week ago, right? Not even, what is it? Five episodes ago, four episodes ago. We talked at the end of last week, we did a full 40 man roster breakdown. At the end of that episode, I looked at y'all in the eye and I said, "Uh, I'm going to be real with you. The not saying that it's going to be 20 or, or 15 players, but there's a legitimate argument for like half, of this 40-man roster to get axed and and to just get sent on their merry way. There is an argument for about 20 different players to to not come back to the Detroit Tigers next year. Half of your 40-man roster in an offseason would be crazy, and and I'm not going to proclaim that that's definitely going to happen, but between who they need to protect in the Rule 5, between who I I don't think is worthy of holding a 40-man roster spot going into the offseason, which we'll talk more about once we get there, and between who has to come back off the 60. I I'm a, I'm gonna be real with you. I, I think that's correct. I I he said it, and just looking at the roster and looking at the situation at hand, I believe it. I think we're in for a whirlwind of an offseason, which I love. I bring it, please bring it. Again, clearly what has what we've been doing is. And the roster that we currently have and the personnel we do have isn't working. So why would we keep trying it over and over again? We wouldn't. And, and that's why we brought in some new creativity and youth into this front office. Um, Chris Illich, I thought, was way more prepped for this presser than he was the firing of Alavilla presser presser. Um, I, I mean, the, the firing of Alavilla press conference, Chris Illich was, I, I mean... Let's just call a spade a spade. He was terrible. I don't know if he, if his people didn't prep him, if he was genuinely surprised at some of the questions, but he was getting dates wrong. He didn't even know when he extended them. Uh, I mean, he was just making stuff up at one point. It, it was really rough, to be honest with you. And uh, I thought he was much more prepared in this one. I, I thought he crushed it as much as Chris Illich could really crush anything. I'm not saying he gained the trust of anybody, but just his performance during this press conference was, was solid. I, I thought he said all the right things there. Didn't say anything, uh, you know, that kind of made you like scratch your head or, or anything like that. I thought he was pretty, pretty solid. um, I, I liked how he related to the fans, Scott Harris. He said, this is not my team. This is not the front office's team. This is not ownership's, the, or Chris Illich's team, whatever. He's like, this is the city of Detroit's team. That's cool to hear. Again, just stuff to get the fans riled up. Not really, Uh. oh my goodness, he's going to be great because he said it's our team. But still cool to hear. You ever hear Avila say that? No. Um. Now, the cool thing, we did take, I don't know if it was intentional or not. But we did take a little bit of a shot at the Alavila tenure, and it was like multiple times. We took multiple shots at the Avila tenure in this one. Said, I don't have a strict five-year plan. I think we put our head down. We go to work. We have a better baseball team going into next season, and we just do that every single year and every single offseason, and eventually we have a sustained good team. We don't have a set of goals we want to reach every single season or a a hurdle we want to overcome. We just want to get to work, work hard, and take steps in the right direction and be good. And Al was all about, remember, when he started to tear down the five-year plan. And, oh, you know, by 2020, we're going to be good. And then 2020 left. And it was, oh, well, give us one more year. And then the rebuild was over, and it wasn't. So it was just kind of funny. I thought it was just kind of funny. Because that was very, again, I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't know if Scott Harris really knows the full ins and outs of the Avila era and what went on here and, and what Avila's philosophies were when running a front office. But um, it was just funny to see him pick ex- almost exactly what Avila said at the beginning of his tenure and just be like, this is dumb and you shouldn't do it this way. <laughs> uh, so that was just kind of a a funny thing. I thought I also thought it was really fascinating this is one of the last things i have oh uh, actually we have we're gonna have one more lighthearted, kind of funny thing and then one uh one more concrete like you actually want to hear about it in, in terms of how he's going to run the team thing and then we'll wrap up and one of them was just steve eiserman's involvement like what i uh, for those who, who are somehow unaware i i also host uh, i co-host locked on red wings uh every day and we, we talked about it a little bit over there today, too. It was like, in this press conference, Steve Eiserman's name is just brought up multiple times. They're like, oh, like, Chris Hill said it right away. It was almost as if he was like, this is going to be good. I, I want everybody to know that the best GM, like, one of the best GMs in sports that I also hired, uh, helped me hire this guy. Like I, and he said it, it was like the first thing out of his mouth. It was like, hello, everybody. Welcome. Steve Eiserman helped. Uh, okay, and now we're going to move on to the rest. Of, like, literally, it was one of the first things out of his mouth. And so I thought, just thought that was really funny to be honest. And like, it's kind of cool. Like Steve Eisenman's obviously one of the best general managers in sports. I, I firmly believe that. And he's certainly one of the best in the game of hockey, if not the best. And uh, so it's it's cool to like hear his name and his involvement and like that, the, you know, Chris Sillich and whatnot turned to him to, <laughs> to help find their baseball GM. And it might not have been, I highly doubt it was like serious involvement. I don't think Eisman was in the, in the room when they were interviewing people and such, but he probably asked Stevie why a few questions, right? He probably asked him like, Oh, you know, what do you think about this? What are you looking for? What direction should we head? You know, that maybe some, just some baseline stuff like that. And then they asked Scott Harris about it. And he was like, Oh yeah. Like I've, I think the exact quote was, I talked to him quite a bit. Well, was the exact wording he said and said that he's met him before in Chicago a couple of years ago. And says he's going to lean on him. He said, I think I think Steven Hagen said that at The Athletic. I think he reported, he was like, yeah, I'll probably leave, lean on Iserman quite a bit and, and like get a lot of advice from him. And I'm like, what is happening? I love it. I love whatever's happening. But like, what is going on here? Uh, so th- I just thought that was funny. The last thing I'll leave you on, and, and you care about this a lot more than Iserman, so I, I'm sorry. I just thought that was funny. Um, payroll. Always a big question. Right, there's a lot of people that believe doesn't matter who we get in the front office. Chris Illich stinks and it doesn't matter. Sure, I mean, you know, whatever you want to believe. Scott Harris's answer was, "Quote, we talked about resources in the interview process. The ownership group has a long history of supporting baseball operations. It's on me to come up with compelling opportunities. I know if I do, I'll have full support." Kind of a gray area, right? Didn't flat out say, hey, Chris told me that we're going to have a $300 million like player in, in a couple of months and we're going to have a $500 million team payroll. Didn't say anything like that, but does seem to be a, a, a little more confident. Like he left a comfy GM job in San Francisco. That cannot be stressed enough to come over here. And I would imagine that there's a little bit of incentive on his end, like like you have to be convinced a little bit of like, hey, I you know, if you want a player and and you're really keen on him and that's one of those calculated risks that he talked about earlier and that's somebody that you that you really want here then then as, as he said, I'll have his full support so. Hopefully that reigns true. That's really, you know, they tried to pry more out of him about it, and that's kind of really all he said. It was like, I, I know I'll have the support. I know I'll be able to if the opportunity arises. So sounds like uh, sounds like he believes that he will have some support. We'll see how true that uh, becomes. But there you go. Introductory press conference has been talked about. Not sure why I'm ending it this way. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen. Every single day. Now make your second listen to Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, just like us. Okay, tomorrow. I don't think there's any more stuff involving Scott Harris tomorrow, unless like he trades the entire team in a day, which he won't. So tomorrow, we will get back. To the games being played, Spencer Torkelson's looked really solid the last couple of days. I think uh, Miguel Cabrera is back. We have a great outing from Tyler Alexander on Monday to talk about. We got we got some some gameplay to go over. We'll get back on track tomorrow. Well, I, I'm sorry, I don't decide when the biggest news story of the year happens. Unfortunately, so it happened while we were still playing games. It happened uh, during the week. So we had to take a few days break there, but I think that's pretty much everything we're going to cover with Scott Harris until the off season. Obviously when the off season comes around, it will be big talk again. Honestly, we have an off day Friday. I might just start talking about like possibilities and stuff. He can do again in three days from now, but when there is a game played from here on out for the last two weeks of the season here, we will talk about that game. So sorry for going off course a little bit, but I think it was important. I think it was needed. So there you go. Huh. <sighs> I'm exhausted. Man, I really got riled up there in the middle, eh? Gee whiz. All right. I love all you to death. Thank you so much for the support. We're all in this together. Uh I'm I'm really pumped for the off season now. It's gonna be a fun off season with the shows. It's gonna be a fun off season to be a fan. I can't wait to talk about it with y'all. I can't wait to continue the journey with y'all. It'll be my second off season as host. Um and hopefully there's no giant lockout that doesn't leave me with nothing to talk about for three months. All right. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.